Welcome to episode 47 of the Gaming Persona Podcast. This is the show that explores who we become when we play games. I'm your host, Dr. Gameology from Twitch and grad school classrooms across the country, and I'm joined by Jenny LeBron, my co-host from Anywhere in Life with a Photo Mode. So Jenny, how are you doing this week? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm excited to be here. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. And I have been looking forward, as always, to our conversation this week and maybe for about 20 episodes. Like we're going to we're gonna get back to basics and, and do some really fun things. But before we do that, where can our listeners find us? Well, you can find my photography page at j.lebronphotography or jlebronphotography.com if you're curious about what a nerdy person's photos look like. And I'm Dr. Gameology on Twitch and other social apps. And of course, you can find me on this show every week. The Gaming Persona can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and most anywhere else podcasts can be found. So Jenny, what are we talking about from the world of video games today? We're going to be exploring flow again. So flow. Wow. So I asked about the world of video games, but flow is life, Jenny. It is. And when I get to show the psychological flow chart to parents or kids or families and explain the different ways activities manufactures an opportunity for us to do a flow experience, it's like my theory of everything. Mm. And I can't wait to explore that again. We did this about, what, 27 episodes ago or something like that? Yeah, it's been a while. It was our starter yeah. starter discussion. Yeah. So if we ever allude in the title of an episode that we're not done, just come back and see us in half a year, and hopefully <laughs> we'll hopefully we'll come back and do it do the part two. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, we have had some really awesome episodes in those six months. So we have. I I don't have any regrets. <laughs> I also have lots more experience to pull from for this conversation, so I'm excited about it. Actually, I do too, Jenny, but that's the ordinary world where we share everyday life through our games. That was so smooth. That's <laughs> so good. Okay. Um, so what was your week like in the world of gaming? <laughs> well, in Final Fantasy, I reached level 80. Drum roll. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Level 80. Yeah. So for 45 days, Jenny, you are max level. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's so exciting, though. I was so happy. And um, yeah, it feels really good. It feels really good to be so close to the end of the current content. I have been loving the story. Like, absolutely loving it. Shadowbringers is incredible. It's so captivating. And just every time I watch a cutscene and something important happens, I'm just like the noises that I make. (laughs) They're great. It's just so fun. Um, Yeah. I I don't want to talk about it and spoil anything, but the, the rumors are true. Shadowbringers is incredible. Um, It is. Yeah. It is. And then the other thing that I did was that I started another job. I don't know who I am, but <laughs> that's that's actually the question I'm trying to figure out, uh, like answer by doing this. Um, 
but yeah, I started a red mage and um, we did Palace of the Dead together, um, which is a really cool, like, I, I don't know how you should probably explain it, but it basically takes you from like beginning level one to uh, I don't know where it ends, but it, it takes you through your class and you are in a party of four and you're doing all these like um, dungeons on on different floors of this palace. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting and it really helped me start that character because obviously, well, not obviously, Red Mages, when you start that job, you start at level 50. So you already have all of these moves and all of these abilities and things that you should know about if you were leveling something from the beginning, um, from level one. So, uh, yeah, so it was helpful and it was, it was fun. For me, one of the things I dislike that MMOs do give you the opportunity to do is boosting a character. Yes. Because you do end up with this fresh character that you just designed and it has all these moves and it can be crazy amounts of fun just hitting the buttons and seeing what they do and trying to figure out just by trial and error how to link them together. Mm-hmm. And in both MMOs that I've played, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and Final Fantasy fourteen, they do illuminate the buttons that you're supposed to hit next based on how they link with other moves. Yeah. But doing Palace of the Dead really simplifies it down to what if you had a level one red mage? Or for me, I was playing Archer that night. And that's not a class that I've ever done, Archer or Bard. Mm -hmm. They link together. And so I got to experience similarly that you go all the way down to level one, but you level up rapidly and you get your moves rapidly Mm -hmm. and you get them in sequence. So you get this muscle memory in a very different way that helps you feel a flow the way you play the character that you don't necessarily have when they just plop the whole character ready to play at high level right in front of you with no instruction manual. Yes, exactly. I, I really loved doing that. It was perfect. I was nervous to try it out because it was new content and I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I trusted you guys and I'm glad I did. (laughs) Yeah, there were a couple seconds there where it felt to me like we were really forcing you to do something that was uncomfortable. <laughs> well, because but, I I hadn't even looked at Red Mage yet. And I was like, I can't like do group content when I don't even know where my moves are on my bar. Like what? So, but it was But fun. in that group, you have three really good-minded people and all three of us have played Red Mage enough yes. to help. With basic discussion, I don't know how much Red Mage Jessica's played, but I know she was still very helpful to me yeah. when I was first starting it. Oh, yeah. And and she's a good mentor, mm-hmm. um, unless she doesn't listen to this podcast, in which case she's a terrible <laughs> mentor. <laughs> Little social experiment there. Um, it yeah, was I- very fun to level that with you, Jenny. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was, it was so much fun. I'm, I'm really glad. And you're all great mentors to me. I appreciate you all. (laughs) Yes. It's actually so fun getting to add you in closer and closer to all the things that, um, you know, the level 80 characters have a list of activities 
and uh, their own different progressions after you finish leveling. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool that you're uh, bringing us into those dungeons now. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's just been very fun. Also, the Palace of the Dead, you might have noticed I used the word flow already. You did. Um, See what you did there. The reason that Palace of the Dead really works as a teaching tool is because it strips your character down to the very basic starting point, and the floors escalate in difficulty as you grow in potential performance. Yes. And as each skill is added to you, your ability to use the skills is also growing at a similar rate of progress. Yep. It's like the chart personified, the flow chart. That's right. So we are actually looking at a chart in our show notes. And uh, I guess that's in the next segment. So I'll do my ordinary world first, but we're going to explain this chart. And my theory of everything should start to come into focus that really explains why video games are so important in a world that is not actually a video game. So for my ordinary world, I did Palace of the Dead with Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually have gotten all of my classes to earn their job crystal to transition into the advanced version of their job and class. So for example, a rogue earns their crystal at level 30 and becomes the ninja and the arcanist becomes the scholar and the summoner at level 30. And I've done all of those except for the final one for me. And that is the pugilist becomes the monk. And I'm really enjoying that one too. But at that low level, These clusters of jobs, the physical damage, the range damage, and the magic damage, the clusters all function very similarly. They don't really differentiate until beyond level 30. So I get to really, really isolate my experience into each job and grow, and that's been really fun. So I have all my tanks to where I can do everything up to level 30 with them, and I have all my physical damages, except for Monk. And that's been a fun little side quest for me. Mm -hmm. And it's not really extremely time consuming either to do that. It's a matter of a few hours and you can gain four or five levels that low in the game. So it's it's been a nice little mid-afternoon lunch break kind of thing or... Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's just fun to have something to do in video games. I have also been streaming God of War. You have. And that's been so fun. The father-child dynamic is continuing to give me things to think about, even as a clinician, you know, just thinking about what are the implications of these moments of dialogue from a family systems approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm that dorky. <laughs> I loved your the video that you did on family systems. Oh. I know it didn't have anything to do with God of War, but it, it was a great video. Yes. I always talk with families about how you're a team and not everyone on the team should be expected to do the same thing. But when you're all in sync together, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. 
And a family is greater than the sum of its parts. And in that video, I used some basic dungeon battling from Final Fantasy, if I remember right. Yes. And it has gotten a few moments of awesome feedback, including this one, Jenny. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love sharing those even outside of the classroom because it's, I've, I feel like it's pretty unique, but also inspires extra thought in people about what can we really learn when we play video games? Who do we become when we play games, Jenny? <laughs> so that's my ordinary world. And I think that now we can really get into our chart, answer our call to adventure and get into our topic for the week. So Jenny, would you like to lead us in with some of the the notes and whatnot before we break down the chart dynamics? Absolutely. So, um, I'm going to start by defining flow for everyone. And and this is the definition um, that we are going to be keeping in mind while we have our conversation. So flow is a state of mind in which a person becomes fully immersed in an activity. While in this mental state, people are completely involved and focused on what they're doing. So basically it's, it's uh, a, a state of mind that you get when you're doing a task that is just difficult enough um, to where your level of skill matches up um, with the task at hand so that you're not bored and you're not overwhelmed with anxiety. So it's like that perfect sweet spot that you get when you're like in the zone, super focused um, and, and just achieving what you need to achieve. We are also constantly talking about this on our show, even when it's not the topic, Jenny. I remember a recent episode that I was editing. I think it's out for people to listen to, but I was just talking about the Stormblood Alliance raids with you. Yes. And how those are very different than the Heavensward and Realm Reborn ones, which are lower level, because Mm -hmm. now... Your skill is actually being requested by the boss battles and the challenge of the game. Mm -hmm. So if you do that successfully, even though you're running like crazy to get out of the damages on the ground, the AOEs, and you might be resing a alliance (laughs) Alliance B B. and that's, (laughs) and that's not even your responsibility. But my comment to you is that when you're doing that and you're pulling it off, you are the heels. Yes. And so there's a very different feeling for me when I'm playing a game and it doesn't matter what buttons I press because I'm pretty secure in my assurance that I will win mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter versus even you know eking out a victory in God of War in a room with a tough mob with maybe a mini boss and six or seven minions. And you come out of that knowing that if I get hit three times, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And when all of them are down and you're still standing, it's like, I am Kratos. (laughs) Yes. It feels so good. Yeah. And so we had a episode, I think also where we talked about Fiero mm-hmm. moments and flow is a central concept for feeling that vibrant success and actually dealing like the universe opens up with that tried and true final fantasy 
tone that I <laughs> hummed for us earlier. You know, that is that is really the sound of victory since my childhood. And when you hear it, you have this feeling like I just accomplished something. And flow is that feeling if you are actually in tune with the thing that you're working on. Yeah. So while we're thinking about flow in terms of our boredom and our stress, our anxiety and whatnot, Mm -hmm. what kinds of things do you think you feel this in maybe besides video games, but also including video games, if you have specific examples, I'd love to hear those. Yeah. Okay. So um, you can achieve flow by doing lots of different things, lots of different activities for me specifically. um, I think I feel most flow when I am um, being creative. So I'm a wedding photographer throughout the day, Um, throughout a wedding day, there's lots of different tasks that I need to complete. Um, And the time where like, I am just in my zone and nothing else matters. And I don't think about anything. I know exactly what I need to do. Um, And, you know, it it just where I reach the flow point um, is when I'm doing my portraits with, um, with, either the couple or their, um, their wedding party. Um, but doing actual portraits of people and being creative and trying to figure out new ways that we can bring out their emotion or, um, thinking of things to say to, um, elicit certain, uh, like feels for photos and, um, yeah, so doing during that time of the wedding day is when I feel the most flow. So when you're talking about that, I'm I'm still lingering on what's the gamified version of this. Mm-hmm. So for you to feel flow, I wonder how much time do you usually get to spend at a wedding event doing this activity? Um it really depends on the wedding, but if I can have 30 minutes where um, I get to just have the couple and get creative with them and explore around or the venue and, and all of that, it's that's a good amount of time, 30 minutes. All right. So you say 30 minutes. I look at the timer on this podcast and I just realized the place that I feel flow the most is when we're recording the Gaming Persona podcast. Oh, I love that. Um, because... You know how effective I am at keeping track of 30 minutes once we hit record. Right. It doesn't work. <laughs> <Not> very. <laughs> so with the 30-minute kind of estimate, depending on the event, of course, it goes up and down and it's different per wedding party and all of that. How long does it feel like in your mind once you start giving these prompts to them and start actually taking the photos and organizing them? the time flies by like, yeah, it's just, I sometimes depending on the day, I feel like I didn't have enough time. I just, I want more. (laughs) Um, yeah, but, but yeah, it just flies by. It's like time doesn't exist. Yeah. So I feel this in many different areas. Video games don't really do this to me, especially when I'm streaming because I have that clock and I have the chat and I have the challenge and there's so many things that are battling for my attention Mm -hmm. that I actually don't feel flow when I'm 
streaming, which is actually really sad for me and my mental state that I'm actually aiming for. I would love for people to experience that with me, Mm -hmm. but there are so many flow breaking elements to streaming for me. I haven't figured that out yet. And that's just me being brutally honest about how this works. So I'm not bored though. That's not the reason it breaks. So when you're bored, Jenny, that means that your talent and skill is too high for what you're being asked to do. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to fully show up because you're going to be fine. And so that's not what I'm saying streaming is. I think it's more the other side. Like I, I know what the challenge is and I want to put on a good show. So I guess I'm, I'm conscious of there is an audience here. I'm conscious of, I should be talking with them. I'm conscious of, well, I'm also in discord. I should be talking with them too. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a confluence of activity that I'm just trying so hard to do a good job But the best path to doing a good job is not to think about whether you're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an anxiety that there, there are challenges there that I want to improve my skill as a streamer and as the game player hosting the stream and be able to do both of those at the same time. And maybe one day that this conversation I've never had before, just for full disclosure. So maybe having this conversation could unlock something in me. That's been undefined. Yeah. And maybe this will help my channel too and have a multi-purpose value to this episode. I think it will. Yeah. But also this concept predates video games. So we actually didn't have consoles in people's house. There's no Atari yet. There might've been some pong going on in the world, but one of my favorite people to, send an email to and ask if I can use their stuff is Mihai Cheek sent Mihai. <laughs> and um, just so, so just genuine and awesome human being mm-hmm. um, and very big in the humanistic psychology strengths-based kind of stuff. Flow is not about diagnosing a problem. It's yeah. about understanding life conceptualized. Yeah. So, in, uh, in the book from the 1970s called Beyond Anxiety and Boredom, that's where this topic, to the best of my knowledge, first ca- comes up as a concept, as a defined concept, psychological flow. And so the things that were being observed in the research where people are talking about time go- slowing down and, and how much your, your performance comes out of you freely, these are things like playing chess or a sport, a team sport, or executing uh, drills or plays in a sport or competitive event, rock climbing, uh, anything with music can definitely do this. And fun crossover, Jenny, uh, if you think about all the times with rock band, hopefully you've had, I know I've had, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) such a powerful flow-inducing tool, rock band and guitar hero. Yeah. Well, I'm, I reached out to you this weekend about Beat Saber and how it just popped in my head. That's, that's another game. You did. Yes. <laughs> and also something that you get to take pictures of, I'm sure, dancing. Yes. 
People experience this with dance because uh, if you are confident and secure in what you're doing and you're not worried about how you look and it's just the activity is, you are the activity, you are the dancer, you are the dance, Mm -hmm. uh, you can get this mindset. And it's a mindset. It's not something that you can call on. It's something that you slide into. Yeah. Really, I mean, trying to feel flow is not a path to feeling flow. Yeah, I think there's definitely things that you can do to help yourself get there, like eliminating some distractions and stuff like that. But, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, of course, you take this wonderful experience that hopefully everyone can feel and you give it to psychology types, and of course, <laughs> we decide. Let's break it down into its basic components and figure out how to measure it. So, Jenny, do you know what that means for our show today? I think it means that we're heading to our road of trials where we face our challenges and discover our strengths. So one of the things that I've been hinting at that I feel pretty confident that I can talk about at this point is I have a Final Fantasy XIV study that is in gestation. Mm-hmm. Um, and... One of the things that I've never gotten to directly measure in a video game study, but it's been a personal goal of mine for several years, is I I was trying to figure out a concept I was happy with to measure this game and get flow as one of the series of variables. (laughs) So I have this study and it's in you know, it's, it's in progress. I don't know when it's going to go live. I don't know if I'll have everything approved and ready to go by Endwalker, mm-hmm. but that would be super cool. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, there are things that we can't control and I feel like I'm in my wise mode to be able to tell the difference, uh, and just let the universe decide when I can start sending out tweets and things for that. Yeah. But I got to show you the flow questionnaire getting ready for this episode Mm -hmm. because the questionnaire helps us to have a really interesting conversation about what flow actually is. So you read the questionnaire and I gave you homework for it. I wanted you to pick out some questions that you thought would be especially interesting to talk about for a road of trials, either from a, I totally get this, or I would love to pick your brain about it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I, when I was taking the questionnaire, um, I had in mind a specific like type of activity that, um, that I do in game and I pulled from that. So, um, the, some of the examples that I'll probably be giving throughout this section, uh, is I healed through, um, Malika's well this week. Um, and that is a duty in Final Fantasy. I am a healer role. So I'm responsible for keeping everyone alive um, and doing a good job. Um, generally, I that is when when I'm playing video games, that is when I've, I reach my flow state um, because healing is still pretty challenging for me. Um, but I think I've hit a point where it's, you know, I'm, I'm doing the, the things <laughs> I'm doing the right things. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it, 
that's what I'll be thinking about when we um, talk about some of these questions. So some of the questions that kind of stood out to me, the first one I wanted to talk about is, um, so my attention is focused entirely on what I'm doing. Um, you mentioned that while streaming, that is not really a thing for you. Is that? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not really focused all the time on what I'm doing, or if I am, what I'm doing is not actually the play of the game. Yeah. yeah. That in that moment, I might be experiencing closer to a flow feeling interacting with the chat, but as a result, things are not going the way I would want them in the game. So mm -hmm. then, you know, that pendulum swings back to focusing on the game and then, oh my, like there's two interesting comments that I never even saw. And yeah. now they're halfway up the chat board now. And my mod, Shar, is like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Doc read the chat once again? <laughs> Shara. Yeah. 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 So so that's sort of a thing where I'm I'm trying to figure out it ultimately comes down to how comfortable am I being me mm -hmm. and how comfortable am I just saying that's how I stream. Yeah. Because if if I let go any tension I have there and just say it's okay for me to be in tune with the game and that's actually what I want people to see. Right. Then that simplifies the entire dynamic, but I haven't really done that yet. If I'm being mm -hmm. uh, perfectly self-critical and saying that I want to be better at this. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good goal. And I think also like splitting it up into these very specific, um, I guess goals or achievements and splitting it up from between chat, focusing on chat and focusing on the game. I think if you like just saw yourself as, a great streamer, which you are, um, it might help just be a little more general. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, that positive self-talk actually is very important. The kinds of things just in general, Jenny, I just, I don't want to let that float away. Like yeah. the ability to look at what we did, even when it's not perfect and say, I did the best I could there. Mm-hmm. So since I'm awesome at my best, that means that my attempt was at least to be awesome there. Yeah, that means and that's enough. Then, and then grow from that if you want to, but ultimately accept it too. You, so I read a quote, it was probably on Instagram, like someone made a picture out of it. And it basically was talking about a conversation with a therapist. So someone was sharing a moment from their therapy and I've actually ripped this off too in some of my sessions since, cause it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. It was that if you are giving something your best all the time, it is not your best. It's your average. And that's why you're burning out. Oh yeah. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Well, I think you're an above average streamer, Daniel. <laughs> Wonderful. That's all I want to be is above <laughs> average. Oh. Okay. One so standard deviation amongst uh, <laughs> beyond the mean. <laughs> that's not what I meant at all. But <laughs> no, but that's what us that's what us psychology types do when you give us a, a tried and true mathematical method to measure things. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, so 
this this question, my attention is focused entirely on what I'm doing. When I am in my flow state and I'm healing Malik as well um, and, you know, doing all the right things, um, I nothing else exists to me. Like, I am just so focused on what I'm doing, so much so that um, – and I've been playing a lot of fan- Final Fantasy lately um, – the other day when I sat down at my computer, my dog actually got upset with me <laughs> because he knows that if I sit there and I put this headset on, he's not going to get any attention for a while. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Wow. So he kind of has observationally learned that you don't need him when you play <laughs> Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of oh, sad. Oh, man. We're going to have to talk with our lawyers and see if our next episode has to be about neglect. <laughs> He's not neglected for a couple hours. If anything, this dog is the most spoiled creature on the planet. So, Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I Actually, I, I know for a fact that that's true. Everyone, Jenny is an amazing pet owner. So. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, goodness. Okay. So the next question that stood out to me was, um, I am not concerned with what others may be thinking of me. Um, So that question, when I was answering all of the um, 36 questions on this questionnaire, it came up a couple different ways. Um, But the way that this question was asked, I, I feel like this is the area that I scored lowest in. Um, and this is the area that is most likely to disrupt my flow more than anything else is being worried about what other people think of me. Um, I think specifically because right now I, I still consider myself to be like learning a, a learning healer. Um, and I also surround myself with such amazing players um, that that's at the top of my mind. And specifically when I was doing Malik as well, um, the last boss of that dungeon is pretty tricky. There is a specific mechanic that um, it was really hard for me and I was not getting it. Like I just wasn't getting it at all. And um, I just, I felt like there were so many instances where I thought I was doing the right thing, um, but I was dying anyway. And I was like, I was in the right square. I don't understand. (laughs) Why is this happening? Um, Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Server ticks, Jenny. Exactly. The biggest killer of flow that Square Enix could possibly have created. <laughs> oh my gosh, server takes our flow murderers. And- it, it just punishes you for being successful, but not successful enough. Yeah. It's like they put my parents into the video oh, game. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it was it was so hard and it we ended up wiping like all of us dying but because I'm a healer. Once I die, if the boss isn't down far enough, um, most likely we have to start over. So that was yep. 
that was really challenging for me. And I could feel like my anxiety rising after like the third time that we wiped. And I was like, I need to type something in chat to these strangers because I to let them know that I'm trying. Um, so you know what, though, there are exceptions to that. If your group is composed of certain DPS, like the red mage, mm-hmm. then yes. the healer, the healer can relax on that fear a little bit because resurrection is possible even when you lose the healer but it just so happens that's not what black mages worry about so (laughs) better stay alive jenny yeah yeah and that's also that's true in theory unless the the res mage uh dies first and then you die so which also happens do you do you think that we're on the verge of being able to say that we're just a we're we, we are the game persona. We're about who we become when we play games, but maybe we're also a Final Fantasy fourteen. podcast. I know, podcast. yeah. I, feel I like, don't know. <laughs> I feel like that should be one of our tags. Um, it probably should. I mean, yeah. that's something that we have to decide deliberately if that's where we want to go. Because mm-hmm. uh, even, you know, th- some podcasts, <laughs> we're, we're having our staff meeting in the middle of the episode. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Um, but some, some shows just rigidly will not mention other games, uh-huh. but there are other that. podcasts. I, I don't want to do that either. Yeah. For example, Sora is the final DLC character for super smash brothers. Jenny, <laughs> I'm happy that was supposed you. to be in the ordinary world. That is like the validation of like grad school, Daniel. <laughs> It's always been, why isn't Sora in Smash Brothers? Yeah. It's just such a... Man, I'm so happy for that. Anyway, back to Flo and Final Fantasy XIV right. Online. <laughs> the critically to- acclaimed MMORPG <laughs> dot, 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 ellipses. Oh, actually, I read a study, by the way, about how like generationally ellipses do not mean the same thing for young people as it does for old ones like us anyway that's a different topic oh now i'm curious we'll have to talk about that later um okay so so yeah back to i am not concerned with what others may be thinking of me um yeah when after like our third wipe on that one boss i typed in chat like just to check in and apologize um and then we ended up beating it on the fourth try but of course i was dead at the end um and I mean, I got it that time. I just, I died on the last mechanic. The boss was like on the, like had a tiny percentage of health left, um, but I was still dead. And it left me like, it left me feeling so unsatisfied um, that I ended up talking about it with Jess, our friend Jess. And she was like, well, I'll do, I was like, I want to do it again. Like I want to prove that I can get this and be, you know, in the flow while, while we do this. Um, and she was like, Oh, I'll run it with you again. So we ran it again and I survived after wiping once. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a mentality too. We touched on that in a recent episode about how I don't, want just to win this fight yeah. i want to own this fight exactly i, I want, want... <laughs> i want the universe to open up in the sky and to hear a disembodied voice say finish him <laughs> and and i just want to destroy 
that challenge in front of me, whatever way I feel like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it, it could be very violent, but <laughs> I, I just, I want, I want to, what did I say last time? I want to put Leviathan in my own glass case and right. watch him starve. <laughs> yes. Very graphic. I'm glad uh, you said that again. <laughs> Yeah. Now everyone's wondering about me as a pet owner. Yeah. As long as they're not sushi, you're fine. Um, well, yeah, we need to keep moving forward. <laughs> yeah, I'm too. not I'm not biting on that one. <laughs> okay, so um so yeah, so that's a, an area. I don't know, what do you think about about that? Because there's another um there's another question later on that it says I'm not concerned with how I'm presenting myself, which that one I don't care about that at all because I, like while I'm playing this game there's nobody else in this room. My dog doesn't care what I look like. Like I right. I'm just I'm just me. So I don't care how I'm presenting myself. This is one of those questions where you kind of have to adapt it in your mind to understand what does this look like in the context of playing video games, which mm-hmm. that's not the purpose of the long dispositional flow yeah. scale. Yeah. You know, the this scale is designed for a broader purpose to measure flow across many different undefined circumstances. Mm-hmm. So this one, you know, as a streamer, it has better applicability versus someone playing a game in their own room, particularly if there's no multiplayer and there's no teamwork aspect. Yeah. Uh, I used to be very good at this question, by the way, not being concerned with how I'm presenting myself or performing. But Star Wars The Old Republic, um, I was on a couple raid teams that kind of broke some of the most positive elements of my psyche in terms of how I connect with video games. Mm. And I can't stress uh, that that game was very important to me and I'm inclined to want to have positive thoughts about it, but online toxicity is a real thing. And we had a really great episode about that recently too. Yep. And once you let that be a constant part of your life and you don't stand up to it or walk away, you could mess with your flow. Amongst other very severe consequences that maybe flow is not the biggest concern here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there will always be the fact that the, the hardcore rating scene in that game and probably other games too, I can just speak to my experience. Um, But the hardcore rating scene kind of messed up a little bit of, what I feel like when I play games Mm -hmm. that I I worry about things when I don't need to essentially it's that's what trauma is. Mm -hmm. So this is a neat question to bring up because I don't mind sharing that it's just reality and it actually can create a sort of empathy based connection when I'm talking with teenagers who are battling with what it's like socially to navigate high school or middle school, you know, the, you know, that, one of the best preparations of those age ranges is it prepares you for how toxic adults become when you try to talk about religion and politics and other things like that. So, you know, no matter what age you are, you have your hot button things where people are not there to support you. So when you're trying to experience flow, if you're worried about any of that, you're not going to experience flow. Yeah. It's disruptive for sure. So um, I think the last one that I'll bring up is the question was, I love the feeling of 
of the performance and want to capture it again. So we talked a little bit about this earlier, but basically that feeling that you get when you complete a difficult task, like the final time that we did um, Malika's Well and I was alive and I did the, the, um, the mechanic properly, it's just such a good feeling, that Fiero feeling. It's such, it's like relief and pride all at the same time. And um, that feeling is addicting. So I definitely um, want to capture it again. <laughs> so, yeah. I think too that there's different moments where you can feel that. And the remember, the challenge has to be there, the skill has to be there, the performance and execution has to be there, and the way that you feel when you're performing the activity has to be there. And when it all lines up in those moments, that is one of, for me too, when I'm looking at the 30-some-odd questions in this questionnaire, it's one of the most powerful elements mm -hmm. of flow. So should we move on? Yeah, let's go on to the ascent and elevate the topic. So one of the things that I was able to find is there are a couple studies that I found just while we were talking here, Jenny, that are an attempt to look at how flow works with immersion in video games. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting to me because the references are the same things that I've read getting ready to, to do this. And it's a, uh, it's a very similar topic, but one of the things that I hope to add to some of the discussion of is that this questionnaire was not designed specifically to measure flow and immersion in video games. In fact, it doesn't measure immersion at all. Mm -hmm. So you would need a separate instrument to be able to look at that. But then also with video games, you have features of the game that do promote flow, but also that's not ultimately the purpose of all video games. Yeah. So there has to be an amount of relaxing balance that you can experience. Not that the challenge is low. It's not that kind of relaxing, but the, the speed and the pacing of the activity has to be a certain level depending on your proficiency. So this is where video games become a performance, Jenny. Mm -hmm. And there's actually nine categories that this particular instrument measures. And I'm going to read them off to you and maybe we can pick a few. And if we uh, can examine them deeper, and then we can also leave some of them for a future episode. After all, this is flow part two mm -hmm. it doesn't say part <laughs> two of two and we need something to talk about in april so <laughs> the first part that it measures is challenge to skill balance the second variable is merging of action and awareness the third is clarity of goals the fourth is unambiguous feedback something that video games in my opinion do much better than most structures in real life, yes, IRL. Yes. Number six, sense of control. Number seven, loss of self-consciousness. Eight is transformation of time. 
And nine is autotelic experience. And I just want to give a pop quiz to all of our listeners. Does anyone remember what autotelic experience is? Raise your hands. <laughs> wow, look at all the hands across the interwebs raising Jenny. <laughs> Oh man, so cool. Uh, anyway, autotelic experience. Do you remember what it is, by the way, Jenny? I don't know. Okay, so it has to do with how we connect with the work that we do in our life. And when something is autotelic, that means that it actually matters to us in a deep existential way that we want to do it because it connects with our purpose. Mm-hmm. So autotelic work is not clocking in because your manager put you on the schedule and you don't want to be there and you're going to ask to leave early. Right. Autotelic is whatever you're doing, that's exactly what you want to be doing. That's exactly where you want to be. Yeah. So in the video game world, Final Fantasy, looking for the aether currents for me is not an autotelic experience, but... uh healing my friends in a raid is. <laughs> yeah. And for me being able to fly you everywhere, Jenny, because you can't for yourself <laughs> is, is not an autotelic experience. <laughs> he lies. He lies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh this is, gosh. this is what friendship sounds like. Love it. All right. Are there any of those that maybe you hadn't thought of as part of the flow experience? Um, so the one question that kept coming up, um, and I'm assuming these, they're all part of this particular dimension, uh, is the sense of control. So there's a few questions on the questionnaire um, that talk about how, like having a feeling of total control. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's, that is not something that I think about. Like, honestly, I don't know. I felt like, uh, I think I scored lower in that, in that section as well, because for the most part, at least at the stage that I'm in and the skills that I have, I don't usually feel in control. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, that, that was something that kind of raised my eyebrow a bit. So I'm going to go back to rock band to answer this because one of the things that I don't talk much on this show about is I have played drums for most of my life, not so much anymore, but you look at the age that I was when I started and that was the job I would teach drum lessons to people of all different ages back in my life before being a counselor. Mm -hmm. And this is when rock band one and two and three were coming out and it was still a really big craze. And those games still exist as well, but I don't, I'm, I've fallen out of contact with them. Yeah. But Back at the height of me trying to be a talented drummer, I would play that game for practice because the drums are the closest simulation to the instrument they're trying to be. Yeah. I mean, obviously the plastic guitar is not a great way to practice (laughs) being a guitarist in actuality. 
And so what I would do is I would pick songs that I wanted to get on the highest difficulty. And the goal wasn't to beat them. The goal was to get 100%. Mm. And so what I did there is I redefined my goal. I increased the challenge to match my skill level, but I left it at a place where I wouldn't reach it all the time. But the closer you get, the more flow you have to be in in order to get it because you don't have time playing the drums to worry about the placement of any one specific stroke. It has to come out of you. But as a result, you are the drum set. You start to feel the drum pads and the sticks and the movement of your feet like you are all just one thing and you're just using the whole thing together. You are the music. Yeah. And so that's what I think the sense of control is, is it's not this OCD, like someone, you know, left this thing on the counter crooked and exited the room with the lights on or off. Right. It's, it's more of you're in the moment and you are the moment. Yeah. Okay. I did not picture it that way at all. Well, let's look at some of the sample questions. So it's 6, 15, 24, 33. Let me. So six, I have a sense of control over what I'm doing. Um, is no effort to keep my mind on what is happening. Or I feel like I can control what I'm doing. Uh, I feel in total control of my body. Yeah. So, you know, in the in the desire to do the activity, there's nothing outside of your decision happening Mm -hmm. that if you missed a note, it's essentially saying if you're in true flow and mastery of this activity, then you chose to miss that note. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Okay. I feel like that's to me, like just letting go. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be, you know, when I'm talking about things like this in therapy sessions, I usually use tightrope walking, which is something I've never done. But I imagine that the best way to cross from one end of a tightrope to the other is not worrying about falling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? That it's just this deliberate control of body, confidence and ability, and just do it. Mm -hmm. That if you're at the point where you're not sure if you're going to do it, then you should not be up there. Yeah. Can we talk about unambiguous feedback? Yes, can we? Because um, yeah. I feel like Final Fantasy sometimes fails because <laughs> I was in oh, the right man. square. <laughs> I mean, Jenny, you've, you've seen me do two different Savage level bosses and the percentage of times that I die where my corpse is lying in a place that is dangerous versus the times that I die where the game ticked me in somewhere dangerous, but I actually made it to the safe zone. Yeah. I actually am winning that percentage about, you know, 80% of the time (laughs) that the game has this weird way of measuring where you're standing that is determined based on precast broadcasts rather than actual time. Yeah. Yeah. You have to just be faster than reality. It feels like. And also, 
it's such a beautiful mesmerizing game to watch but it, you have to turn down everybody else's effects otherwise it's just such a cascade of fireworks yes yeah and and because of that I don't think I actually saw my first boss until I'd already been playing the game for 11 months mm. because I left all those effects on and every fight was like 9.45 p.m. at Epcot. <laughs> yeah, I still have all that on. So I definitely got distracted yeah. uh, while healing Malik as well. That was one of my deaths. I was like, oh, I got distracted. <laughs> it's so pretty. It is. Yeah. I think, though, that if you can see what the boss is doing, the game gets a little bit easier to understand. Mm -hmm. yeah. And understanding what's happening is how the feedback becomes clear. Right. And using that feedback helps your skill to increase. And the closer you get to the challenge level, the better chance you'll have for flow. Uh, anyone who's watched my stream channel when we first the first one or two weeks of the Titan fight, my work schedule was so strenuous that I did not find a time to study for the boss fight. Right. And these fights are very complicated. Yes, you heard that right, listeners. You have to study for your video games at the level <laughs> that I, I'm trying to perform at. And so I was just dying. No concept of why. And the rest of the group is having these really, I'm sure, excellent conversations about problem solving. And I'm like, can we speak the same language? <laughs> they're like, they were, they were speaking English, right. but it didn't matter that my ability to perceive the feedback was compromised by lacking the knowledge. So a uh, perfect Kingdom Hearts quote here, one who knows nothing can understand nothing. Yep. That's Ansem from Kingdom Hearts 1, the antagonist to Sora. Mm -hmm. But I really felt that. And you can't feel flow if you can't process feedback. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, – I mean, I, I am not a savage reader and I don't intend to be one. But I will say, like, it's that particular mechanic that I was struggling with last night – um, I, I was like, I don't understand. I don't understand why, like I, I would think that I had it, but I just didn't, I didn't understand. So one of the feathers I will put in the cap of final fantasy 14 is some of the mechanics they use in their games are so creative and abstract. Yes, They are so cool that these bosses are bringing some amazing powers into the battle to kill you. Mm -hmm. And they will kill you the first time because it's sometimes it's so unique. And then once you understand what it is, you can very easily triumph. Yeah. But there are not very many games I've played in the last 10 years of my adult life that make me have to, think about what I'm about to do mm -hmm. the way that this game does. And sometimes that is to be brutally honest, quite frustrating. Yep. Um, in fact, I texted someone earlier today that there's nothing I've done in academia. That's harder than a savage boss fight. Mm -hmm. 
you, you know, just that level of focus and attention to detail and the chance of failure is just ramped up so high that if we did this in any IRL situation where people's livelihood depend on performance, there would be Scary. an outcry of unfairness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Death and devastation everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I guess, why we play video games because we're looking for that challenge. And um, it takes a long time in life to stick with something to the point where you get to participate in those challenges. Yeah. So, Jenny, we've talked about several of the variables, but we also, again, you know, six months from now, we can revisit this. And, um, you know, there's also going to be other things that prompt more flow discussion in the near future I'm hopeful for I'm sure yeah let's do the return and go back to our daily lives and take our next step forward so Jenny final thoughts as you search for flow this week (laughs) final thoughts um so I I just um I'm one really excited that we had this conversation again I think um I think talking about flow is always super interesting and I'm really, really excited that you're including it in your um, upcoming research because it's always interesting to figure out like what, what kinds of things help you to experience that mindset. So I'm, I'm really curious to know what, um, what your findings are on this. Even beyond people's scores on the flow questionnaire, just which kind of personality traits being elevated or decreased will lead to the activity selection. So you picked uh, group content rating and alliance rates. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually really curious to see what happens for which compositions of personality and motivation select crafting, which ones, which ones select the glamour dresser. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, there's, there's so many different options. I tried to encapsulate every major activity that this game offers for general understanding of end game. And I mean, there's so many activities in this game anyway, that I don't know how usable the data is going to be in terms of the activity selected, because we might only have, you know, 3% of the sample picks certain things. So Mm -hmm not very powerful insight there, but I wanted to include it. And everybody plays these games for different reasons and wants to accomplish different things. And I just wonder how powerful the sense of pursuing flow is depending on what choices they've made on their own path to do that. Yeah. So does that leave us in a good spot to end today? I think it does. Do you think it does? I know it does. (laughs) All right. Excellent. Conclusiveness. (laughs) And I have one last quest for everyone to collect for the day. Find your flow and continue the journey. See you next week.